Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Christiane Dedamore Hunsberger. Christiane, how are you doing today? Doing okay. It's really good to have you here with us today. As you know, we like to ask that question about ice cream, and you're smiling, so I can't <laughs> wait to hear your answer. What kind of ice cream do you like? Well, there's lots of kinds of ice cream that I like, but I can't eat it. Oh, no. I told you I was going to give you an answer that you had not gotten before. <laughs> if you could eat it, what kind would you like? Oh, my. That's, hmm. Oh, there's just so many that I like. I'm not sure I could really focus on any one, but I try not to think about that. I think that's why Is I can't really give you an free? answer. Yeah, I have to be dairy-free. There's no ice cream out there that's not... Well, I mean, if you're it's talking... It's not ice cream. It's not ice cream. Yeah, you know, that's it's, right. But it's not... It's not bad tasting. I mean, it's still a treat when you have to have different kinds of treats than you've had right. in the past. That's right. So, right. Uh, of the ones that are the non-dairy, uh, probably Snickerdoodle. Mm. That sounds good. It would have a little bit of crunch in it. Yeah. You would. Oh, I'm not like, I like oh, Snickerdoodle cookies. So I, mean, I think you ought to give that one a try. Then, you Grayson. might have just helped Grayson find his <laughs> first ice cream. It's not vanilla. Well, Grayson, <laughs> we're going to have to have a date. I'm going to bring in some Snickerdoodle ice cream in where I'm going to have you give it a try. Yes, I want to be here. We will have to record that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christiane, uh, if you would just start out telling us about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up and uh, as I mentioned to you before the broadcast the reason we have you on today is because you work at our free clothing store with Hope Distributed uh, nonprofit connected to Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg but just start out giving us a little background on you. I am a very local girl grew up in Dayton. What street? On Eastview Street. On Eastview. And then when Dan and I were married and moved back to the area, we were in Harrisonburg for a while, and then we moved to Westview Street. Ah. So I have lived on both sides of Dayton. Yeah. And uh, my parents at that point were living just around the corner. So um, yeah, Dayton is home, and uh, generations and generations. Um, actually, my Dedamore side of the house uh, started out in this area in the late 1700s, only about a mile and a half from here. Oh, yeah. You do have deep roots. In deep the roots, yeah. So where did you grow up? Like, going to church, what was your home? My home church actually was EUB, Evangelical United Brethren, and the EUBs and the Methodists merged when I was 12. Okay. And um, so then we were United Methodists. And um, after, well, Dan is Mennonite background, mm-hmm. and so we were in the Mennonite church for a couple years here, uh, well, here and up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back to the area, went back to the Mennonite Church. I really felt the need to make a change with that, and Dan was ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a push for him to make that change. He was ready, and so we went back to my home church, which is Dayton United Methodist. Mm-hmm. And um, then um, then we were at Asbury downtown for a while. And there were just some reasons that we needed to make that move, and that it was that was a good move for us at the time. But then um, I think we became complacent about a number of things that I was feeling uncomfortable about, mm-hmm. and um, 
So, as you well remember, Margaret. <laughs> this is where our stories <laughs> This is where right? I, Yes, we had known each other for quite a while. Yeah, right. Margaret right. used to cut my hair. And uh, one time I was there, and I think Caitlin was along with me that day. And Margaret was very enthusiastic in talking about the middle school musical that was going on here at church. And I went home and said something to Dan about it. And he said, I don't think I want to go, but if y'all want to go, go ahead. So Caitlin and I came to the musical, Mm -hmm. and she loved it. Music is her thing Mm -hmm. um, from an early age. And uh, so she was really into it and really enjoyed it. And I just was seeing something with the middle school youth at that point and up there on stage that I was not seeing where we mm-hmm. were yeah. and um, I really wanted that for her yeah. and uh, so I went home and said to Dan there is something different with these kids yeah. that I'm not seeing that I really want to see yeah. uh, that opportunity for Caitlin and um, so we had friends at the time who were coming here to church and they well they had been a couple times and they wanted us to come with them to see what we thought. Yeah. And um, that was just, I needed the invitation yeah. from them. It was the two together, really. Yeah. You know, having been here and then um, uh, for the musical and then the invitation. And so we came with them one Sunday. We stayed. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we had a break in there for a while. Yeah. Uh, where we were someplace else for a number of reasons. And then um, after the kids were. Um, ready to go and be in the churches that they wanted to be in, mm-hmm. then we, we, I just kept, yeah. every time we drove by, it's it was in our route all the time mm-hmm. to go by the church. And um, every time I went by, I just kept thinking about what we had here before and the people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be back yeah. among the people here at church. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're back. And it has been um, a joy to journey with you from cutting your hair to <laughs> going to church with you. Um, so that's been good. Um, so tell us a little bit. I'm going to back up just a little bit. So you have siblings. I have a sister. Okay. Yes, one sister. And so you all grew up there. And the one question I wanted to go back to was a lot of times, unfortunately, we hear about churches dividing or splitting. But this one came together. What was that like to have the merge? That was not an easy thing. It I'm really sure. wasn't. It's the only time that my very quiet behind the scenes grandfather stood up in church and, and made a comment. Oh wow. And it was at a church meeting. Mm-hmm. And I can still just in my mind still see him standing up and speaking and just being in awe that he did that he was doing that. Uh, he was not excited about that merger. Mm. And I think his fears kind of came to be. Mm. I think that that church has moved on and they're at a much better place, but it was it was difficult. Yeah, it was I very could difficult. Only imagine. There were two different ways of worshiping. Mm. They were hard to blend together. Yeah. And you know, worship when we, you know, we have these traditions that we grew up in, right? That of how we worship, how we do church, you know, and when you come together with someone, I can only imagine that that would be would cause some complications Mm -hmm. yeah and it it, those things that you know that happened when we were younger they just kind of they're just there you don't forget them do you no no and I I had a hard time dealing with what I was seeing when I was a teenager I really did Uh, it it left an impression that was not a good one we don't I don't think we realize sometimes I know speaking myself like just what our words you know when it comes to the church and children looking on right and Mm -hmm. observing Sometimes 
we hear what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to act, but sometimes we see things that are different. It's confusing. Yes. Yeah. Um, But it's the human and the divine coming together, right? Yes. And that's always much grace is required as we walk as a part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's we have to have grace with one another and realize we're all on this journey of um, trying to figure it out. Like none of us have it figured out, but we are on a journey. We will be on the rest of our life till we come to glory and have perfect unity. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that uh, you and Dan are here and um, at the church of the Nazarene and um, how you got here initially going to this, uh, the kids' musical, and then also being invited by a friend. Uh, I just wondered, uh, and I mentioned this at the beginning, that you work with the free clothing store here at Hope Distributed, our, the nonprofit uh, connected and started by our church, Church of the Nazarene, here in Harrisonburg. And uh, I know recently at an all-staff meeting that we had here at church, Ellen and Jeff gave us a tour of Hope Distributed, and I remember as part of that tour, uh, you were in the free clothing store that day, and they mm-hmm. had you share about, you know, what you all do there and uh, kind of how things look there. But before I get into that, how did you get involved with Hope Distributed mm-hmm. and the clothing store? Well, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were here at the time, and... um they, Heidi, came to me and said, is this something that you would be interested in doing? I thought it would be a time for us to just talk and visit while we're working. And uh, so we, at that point, we're just doing two hours a month, and we were sorting through the bags of donations. So it was only like maybe four to six bags of donations when we would come in that once a month for the two hours, and we were getting through everything and just enjoying our time together. It was a good, t- good time to to be able to visit uh, together. And that's been, I think, eight or nine years ago. So how many bags of clothes? Only about four to six bags of clothes. <laughs> a month? Now should I go ahead yeah. and tell them? And we go through probably 30 to 40 a, a week now. And it's four, uh, sometimes five of us, volunteers that are just doing the sorting. And then we have another... Um, nine who do the stocking and do more of the organizing that needs to be done. And uh, there are two people who come in and do maintenance stuff in the buildings because of how much activity is going on there and also do some of the heavy lifting because we're not spring chicks (laughs) anymore. (laughs) So we need some extra help. And then we also have two groups from the community that are um, disabled individuals uh, two groups that come in twice a week. Well, one group comes on Monday, one group comes on Wednesday, and uh, so they come in and help hang things. So I feel like we've got a, a ministry within a ministry because we help those individuals to have something that is meaningful for them to be doing. How many volunteers does it take, say, for a month or a week? Uh, do you do the same volunteers every week, or do you have a... Well, we kind of have a variety of, of help, but... There are a, at least uh, 11 that come weekly. Okay. Yeah. And then um, there are a couple other people that come, you know, for shorter periods of time. Yeah. You know, maybe, like, we have, I have one who comes every third week and, and does, okay. like, the heavy lifting things. I kind of save things for him. Yeah. And uh, so it's sort of a variety. So it's a, 
there's a lot of it takes a lot it takes of a lot of people yeah. i don't think people really probably understand the the beast that it is yeah. <laughs> it is it meant we could do it with less but it would be i think frustrating for all the volunteers because things would not be very organized mm-hmm. uh, in order to kind of keep things rolling well it is it's a lot of people yeah yeah um so how many like that's a lot of clothing coming in so how much clothing is going out I think that's always an interesting number. Well, too. the the last time that that I was given a number because they keep count every time that they're open at the clothing store, that was in for 2020, mm-hmm. and um, there were over 30,000 items. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, 30,000 mm-hmm. items in a year, so mm-hmm. a lot of clothing. We're open four times a month, and most weeks, like several hundred, several hundred pieces go down. Yeah, to be put into the clothes yeah. closet. Yeah, I know. I was there when we were there the other day. I was actually looking for clothes for someone that was homeless and mm-hmm. needed some clothing. And there was a deficit, though. There was a need, you know, for clothes. So you do have to continue to take mm-hmm. clothes in. And I think that it's probably helpful if we can remember to bring the right season in, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. <laughs> we do have some storage space, but right now, because we're getting ready to change seasonal clothes, we are maxed out on storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when it comes time for the seasonal change, like all the winter clothes go away and all the spring clothes come out. And so sometimes people at the end of winter want to get rid of their old winter clothes, but that's not, it doesn't work the best for you. No, all, right? It doesn't work the best. It's not impossible. Right. Because our spring stuff will be going out uh, down to the other building from the warehouse to the clothes closet on the 26th of March. But we can make it work, but we are definitely a little bit more choosy about what we can keep. Yeah, at the beginning um, here of spring, we'll yeah. have to be choosier because we know that there will be a whole lot of months ahead of us that we will have to, to sort through and, and store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Christy, and you mentioned that the clothing stores open four times a month. What time or what day of the week is the clothing store normally open? If people knew of somebody that was in need of free clothing or might need free clothing themselves and well they have to qualify and uh, so if they go through the qualification process with um, the main office which is the pantry building uh, behind the church uh, if they qualify then they also qualify for clothing the warehouse is separate from the closet so that at the closet um, they're open the first three saturdays from nine to noon and the fourth thursday from five to seven what um, do you have a story of the impact that the closed closet can make on a family? Do you have something that you could share with us to kind of give us a picture of what does it look like when you have a really good day? I know that you're behind the scenes more putting the clothing out, but maybe a story of even the serving piece, the mean how meaningful it is. I mean, you put up with a lot. <laughs> you know, you work with a lot of volunteers. You see a lot of clothing goes go through. And, like, it's not an easy task. And it takes a lot of volunteers to make those mm-hmm. things happen. But what makes a really good day? What makes your day? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the sad moments that mm-hmm. make my day, which yeah. that sounds kind of strange. But I've had a number of people from the church and also people that are not part of our congregation who have come with clothing that has been um, a parent who has passed away or a spouse. And um, 
So I, I've stood outside in the parking lot and um, cried with those people more than wow. once. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so those, those are the moments that I feel like that it's meaningful for me to be, really be there. It's hard. It's hard to see them go through that, um, but I feel like that we were able to take them gently mm. and uh, you know, just help them in the whole process that they're going through. Uh, give dignity to that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah I can't imagine a loved one passing and having to take their clothes because that's mm-hmm. so familiar so much mm-hmm. familiarity with that um yeah and have, dropping them off and that's mm-hmm. a that's another grieving yeah. just another part of the grieving mm-hmm. process we had one gentleman who came three seasons mm. and he would each time he would come he'd say I'm going through the next set of clothes and so when spring comes I'll I'll be back with you know thus and such, or when fall comes, I'll be back with thus and such. And when he came the last time and said, this is my last trip, I, oh. I, I, that was really hard. I felt yeah. like I knew him by then. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I hated to see that end. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I don't think people think about that. The ministry of presence, even as people drop clothes off, yeah. and especially when you have those relationships, or even as you learn to know them and realize just the process that they're going mm-hmm. through and are able to be some grace and mm-hmm. mercy in that process. Yeah, we also have, um, well, with the two handicapped groups that come or the uh, disabled groups that come, those are just real special people mm-hmm. and learn to know them. And just recently we had one of those volunteers who had come for years who had passed away. Mm-hmm. Just she was there the week before and, and she got sick a couple of days after she'd volunteered and passed away. And mm-hmm. But th- that's... I really, I really feel good about having that group, those two groups come to do the work that they do. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that we're really giving them something that is meaningful to them, and yeah. you know, try. They're they're fun. You know, it's just it's uplifting to my day to interact with them, and it's, it's brief. It's you know, it's a, it's a brief interaction, but sometimes it's kind of hard because things are not always where they need to go, and I need to go back down there and rehang things, you know, a different place, but. It feels it's okay. It's okay because it's it's good for them. They look forward to it to coming. So yeah, no, that's an investment for sure. Well, and one of the things I think about to Christiane is that when people are coming to the clothing store, they're not just getting a shirt or a pair of pants. They're full outfits mm-hmm. that they're able to give these families, mm-hmm. and a few uh, full outfits her individual in the family. Mm-hmm. Also, I was touched by the stories you were telling of um, these people that come that have lost a loved one. And they're, you know, I'm sure that's got to be hard for them, uh, bringing in the clothes of mm-hmm. their lost loved one because it probably reminds them of their loss. But mm-hmm. hopefully also it blesses them too that they're able to bless somebody else mm-hmm. with their lost loved one's mm-hmm. clothes. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, if there's a way that somebody wanted to donate clothes, and we talked about it's best to donate that season mm-hmm. of clothes so mm-hmm. that you guys have less, because you don't really have much storage space, what would be the best way for them if they wanted to donate clothes to do that? Okay. Um, there's a donation bin, um, the blue bin, um, that's in front of the warehouse. Um, so there's two buildings on the back corner of our property here at the church. And so it's the building that faces up the hill. Uh, the blue bin is there in front of it. And um, so they can, anytime they can go by and drop clothes into that bin. Um, then we're also, we're open. Um, we're, the main part of the volunteers are there 
from 8 to 1 on Mondays. So uh, if somebody had a large amount of clothing that they wanted to donate, uh, Mondays from 8 to 1 would be the best time to bring that. Or if they have clothes that they want to bring on hangers that won't fit through the slot in the blue bin, then um, that would be Mondays would be the time to do that too. And that's uh, behind our church, Church of the Nazarene, Harrisonburg, on the corner of Boyers and Port Road. And Christiane, um, maybe somebody also would be interested in volunteering, sort clothes, or doing any of the other number of things that you all do at the to get ready with the clothes for the free clothing store. Um, what would be the best way for them uh, to get a hold of you or somebody at Hope Distributed if they were wanting to volunteer and help out? Best way to to uh, contact me, I guess, through the Hope Distributed website would probably be the best way to do that. And we still do need a few more volunteers to do. You know, what I'm trying to do, or what we're trying to do, is to have people do like two hours, one to two hours, just. But I mean, I can always use people longer than that, but uh, shorter periods of time, people find that a little bit easier to deal with. And um, so if somebody had uh, just an hour or two a month, or if it's an hour or two a week, I mean, weekly is the easiest to work with, but um, whatever people are able to volunteer, we are able to work with. And the Hope Distributed website is hopedistributed.org. So... I was out there the other day where the clothing is all kept, as you all sort. And there was a group of ladies in there working. Mm-hmm. And it was just really neat to see the different people. Like, I knew, I actually knew most of the volunteers back there. It, you don't have to be a part of the Church of the Nazarene to help. No. Um, this is a community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, There's people from throughout the community that come. And you all get to work shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. And yes. you build relationships. Yes, we and, do. And you laugh. And um, I kind of hated I had to leave because I was just enjoying chatting with everyone. So it is a place of um, where you can kind of build some relationships even. Mm-hmm. And serving is, we're doing it to help someone else, but so often we receive the blessing mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. when we come and give of ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and God calls us to that, to serve. And this is a beautiful way to be able to do that and where you can learn to know people throughout the community, mm-hmm. from your church, but throughout mm-hmm. the community as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and that's the the case with Hope Distributed as well. Throughout that, there's all kinds of groups that come in and help. But throughout the different ministries of Hope Distributed, uh, clothing store is just one of those. Mm-hmm. But there are all kinds of opportunities. So thank you for what you do. And as you coordinate and help others to engage that ministry. Thank you. Well, Christiane, um, what else um, would you like to share Um, I know we had you share a few stories, but anything else that you would like to share about the free clothing store or maybe how you've been? I mean, you said, you know, you're blessed by some of the sad moments, but uh, just anything else that you haven't shared with us already um, that you would like to share with us today? Well, I might talk just a moment about um, the donations themselves. We talked about it being in season is the easiest for us to deal with, but it would really be nice if people were aware about whether the clothes were clean or not (laughs) and lightly worn. Um, That would be those two things I kind of wanted to put out there. But but also, um, not only do we take clothing and shoes, we also take um, bath linens, kitchen linens, and bed linens. And what we get in, those go out almost every week, whatever we put out is almost 100% taken. 
uh, so that obviously is a need of the people who are coming in. But I think also I, I had to really, when, when you asked me to come and do this, I had to really think about why do I keep doing this? Because it's really, as Margaret says, it's not very easy. <laughs> you know, we, we get some really strange things. We've gotten, you know, I'll have to give you a list of those strange things. But, it, you know, it, it's, it's hard to sort through other people's stuff. And a lot of times it's really not in very good shape. It appears occasionally that like the cat or the dog maybe took a nap in it before we got it. And um, so it's hard sometimes. And there are weeks that I have to kind of push myself. So I had to really think about why do I keep doing this? I really, clothing, while it's not the same, it's not on the same level as food. I mean, the food is absolutely the top priority with what Hope Distributed does. But with the clothing, we are helping people with what they, sometimes what they need to feel good about themselves. And sometimes it's it's a physically uh, taking care of themselves. I think about that most with cold weather. Uh, I so don't like cold weather. <laughs> And so I started getting really antsy when we're heading towards making the changeover from summer spring clothes to winter, because if we don't have enough winter clothes, all I can think about is somebody being really cold and how uncomfortable that would be. So we're helping people physically take care of themselves when we are able to provide them with clothing, but also when it's really, really hot. Um, You know, if you have adequate clothing, you can deal with it better. And so I, I think that's important. But also from something, I think something that I read just in the last week or so, I started thinking about with children, if they have clothing that is, I don't know, acceptable, maybe we are keeping a child from being bullied. Mm-hmm. And um, that just sort of humbled me mm-hmm. uh, that maybe we are really helping with that. We also, with what we get in, if we get like soccer shoes uh, or cleats for like, say, baseball um, or football, yeah, I guess even. I'm, I'm not really an expert on cleats, but any kind of cleats and, and, like, the kind of athletic wear that goes along with that, whatever we get in, we put out. And that really goes really, really well in the spring. So I think we're helping children to have the opportunity to be involved in a sports team, which I think is really good for them. But um, a lot of why I keep doing it is the relationships with the people that I volunteer with there. We have a good time and, and, uh, and enjoy Enjoy that time together. Another thing that you all supply is, and I think it helps people to understand, what are the things that, because, you know, in my mind, I can go through when you say certain things and go, I wonder if I have any of these, you know, like there have been a time Mm -hmm. in my life I would have had the soccer cleats and all Mm -hmm. that. But I think about people that need to do an interview. Mm -hmm. They're getting a job. And they are needing to do an interview, and they need the clothing appropriate Mm -hmm. for that interview. Mm -hmm. If we're going to help them Mm -hmm. to be successful, those are some things. Mm -hmm. And I think through my closet, and, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I holding back? And um, actually, I'm thinking about doing a clothing drive. Our staff will do a clothing drive and Mm -hmm. find out what you really need right now Mm -hmm. so that we can have those things Mm -hmm. out there for the upcoming season. I can tell you one thing right now that has been a struggle all winter long, and that has been clothing for men, mm-hmm. shoes and clothing for men. I just worry over that every week mm-hmm. because we just have not had adequate enough. Yeah. We know when we go and take inventory of the clothes at the clothes closet that we need to pull from the warehouse. We know when we write those numbers down, we're not going to yeah. have it when we get back yeah. up there. Um so not only men's, but also boys. Yeah. We have not had adequate amount for boys. And um, 
this winter, we have not had adequate number of winter coats um, for men and for children in general. It's been a struggle. Yeah. So there could be a church that's listening or even a family that's listening that could, you know, do a little drive and Mm -hmm. uh, they could call and find out what are the needs and And then they can do the appropriate or the appropriate things. It does It does fluctuate, because as soon as I say we don't have enough of something, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that comes in really heavy, and then we were lacking in something else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, checking ahead of time would really be very helpful. Yeah. Okay. As Pastor Margaret was talking, I was thinking about one thing I've tried to do, you know, in the last few years is if I get something new, then, okay, what is it that I can get rid of and donate Instead of accumulating more clothes, making sure that I go through. And even going through and when was the last time I wore this? Or when was the last? And it's not just stuff you don't want. It's stuff you don't need mm-hmm. anymore. And in, in good shape, but just, you know, somebody else would benefit from wearing this. Um, so it's, it's just a good, I don't know, a good thing that the Lord has placed on my heart. Just a good way to help others. I often say if somebody is having trouble with buying too many clothes, just come work at the clothes closet for a couple months, and it'll change your view on really what you need. Yeah, Yeah, so true. Well, Christiane, thank you for joining us uh, for today's broadcast of Hope Talks and sharing a a little bit about your life and also about uh, the free clothing store at Hope Distributed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as We've talked to Christiane Dedamore Hunsberger about Hope Distributed and the free clothing store that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.